Okay. Alright, let's get it going then. Throw it around. Um, yeah, what episode are we doing? I think we're on 35. Good morning! Yeah, 35. Vietnam! Uh, we... 36. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hello, welcome. Welcome, everyone, uh, to the podcast today. Greetings. Thank you. A little fireside chat today. Uh, we are... <laughs> we're coming at you with a very special podcast. It's, uh, it's a very early, rainy Saturday morning in November, and we are on our way to a golf outing that got rescheduled many times uh, due to commitments, mostly on Andrew and Rob's side, I would say. But anyway, <laughs> we are here to discuss the Mexican Grand Prix, and I will throw it over to Rob to, to do a little recap, maybe. So everyone's favorite uh, F1 Grand Prix slash Dio de los Muertos combo is the Mexican Grand Prix. And it, I have to say, I thought, you know, this is the year that Lewis Hamilton clinched, or this is the race Lewis Hamilton clinched the championship. And uh, we saw an unexpected strong showing by Red Bull, or maybe it was expected. Um, but I, there, the gaps between the cars were enormous, 20-some seconds. It was not like anybody was sitting on the edge of their couch um looking at overtakes but nonetheless i found the race um extremely exciting in part and maybe this is just me because of the tire strategy wow wow yeah i agree uh my instant takes on the race were pretty exciting one as a red bull fan gotta love max verstappen we'll get into that and the conspiracy theories a little bit later um but i agree overall take on on tire he's got a gps system we don't need a backseat driving um but i think i like when the tires fade really quickly and they and they and there's different strategies among the teams i i it's part of racing i realize there's an argument that it kind of takes the driver out of the the element or out of the race a little bit more but uh makes for much more exciting uh racing in my mind so andrew get the driver's thoughts on it yeah, um, I enjoyed the race. I thought the uh, the start was pretty interesting. Um, sorry, it's just you know trying to concentrate on the road here. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was one of those races for me where you, you knew. I personally still thought that Vettel. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just thought man, he's got a chance here. Uh, he's gonna pull this one <laughs> off, and then. It progresses, and uh, the inevitable happened. Lewis won. But, hey, silver lining. I think Ferrari looked pretty solid, and their strategy was pretty good. So that's my takeaway. I, I want to, since you brought up the start, talk about that. It's the longest uh, drag race to the first turn on the calendar. How long is it? I think it's six, 600, 700 meters. Yeah, roughly. Um, so that's not... That's... Someone do the conversion for me. It's too early. We'll do that later. Um, we'll put yeah. that in the show notes. <laughs> so, and the cars were lined up on the grid in reverse kind of power order. Red Bull's slowest. They were 1-2. Danny Rick, then Verstappen. Then it went Hamilton, and then it went Vettel. And Vettel, and the Ferrari is a little faster than the Mercedes in a straight line. Maybe it's setup, maybe it's engine. Who knows, but it is. Um, so there was a lot of talk about everything was in place to have four cars trying to go through the first turn 
together and it's uh, it's really only one car wide maybe two if you stretch it um i i thought the the vettel had to win and he he needed basically a miracle for anything to happen um max verstappen and danny rick are just going for wins at this point lewis hamilton was the only one with anything to lose because if he crashed out it could have like really given sebastian vettel a chance to win the championship and I thought the drivers did not take, Max did, but I thought Vettel and Ricardo did not take advantage of that enough and really, like, put the screws to Lewis and say, crash out or back off. Yeah, I thought, I think that's a great point, Rob. I, I was thinking the same thing. The The start could have been super interesting if they really challenged him and, and forced him, as you said, to make a decision. Because, um, yeah, you're right. That's, that was the only way Vettel had a chance, is if some kind of disaster happened for Lewis, Vettel comes through unscathed, and he ends up taking the race. So, Well, my counterpoint to that would be, I, I'm not sure who would have actually done that in reality. So I, uh, Vettel can't do it because if he crashes, he's also out. And Ricardo got a terrible start and wasn't even in the mix to do it. So I feel like, yeah, he can put some pressure on him, but um, I thought he was doing that personally. I so Ricardo did get a slower start, but he was still side by side with Max for most of the front straight, and his fa- the two of them were preventing Hamilton or Vettel from getting through. Um, and I don't see like so. What if Vettel hits Hamilton and they both go out? I mean, Vettel's basically in the same position he is now. He didn't win the drivers' championship. I and I think Lewis would have backed off knowing what he had to lose. So that's that's kind of like the killer mentality that we've seen from Max in the past. And now drivers are talking about it. Like Lewis at the U.S. Grand Prix last week and said, yeah, I probably gave Max more room than than uh, I needed to. And then he alluded to Max's history. So I, I think that they're very aware of what the, who the drivers are, what their reputations are, and what they have to lose. And Lewis had everything to lose and no one else had anything to lose. And I think they should have taken advantage. So I would like to ask Rob, are, are you in favor of Max's driving? It sounds like you really like his driving, but you have been on record in the past saying that you think he is um, a terror on the track. You think he's reckless. You, I think, have gone on record saying you hate Max Verstappen. So I would like you to answer to all of these allegations. I do not like Max Verstappen. I do not like Max Verstappen's driving. I do not like Max Verstappen in a box. I am recognizing that he is has a driving style which causes other drivers to give him wider berth. Like, I don't think there's anything professional about that or admirable. No further questions. Well, Thank you. Wait, wait a minute. You just asked for Vettel to drive like that. So get a, come back. You just asked Vettel. He should have he should have been more aggressive. So you must think there's some benefits to that style. It's good racing. Yes, there are personal, selfish benefits to driving like that in that you cause other drivers to be scared of you. Last time I checked, the goal was to win the race. So Yeah, but I'm a spectator, and I want professionalism. Get out of here, dude. That's crazy. Um, all right, what other topics are we going to go over here? Start was okay, not great. Let's uh, bury the lead here a little bit and talk about Hamilton and his legacy last. So, let's. Uh, I'd like to continue the Verstappen talk here. So, 
first thing is he was a set. Everything looked like in uh, qualifying on Saturday that he was set to become the youngest pole setter. Um, I think last uh, Vettel holds the current record, and then kind of not out of nowhere, but a little out of nowhere at this last second, Danny Rick stole pole from him. Uh, and word and rumor in the paddock was Verstappen was a little upset about it. You know, we wanted that record. He eventually went on to win the race, but. Um, maybe a little friction there and then I and then I'd like to get into the Red Bull uh, Red Bull conspiracies I mean I, I think I think you're right it did, it did kind of come out of nowhere everyone just assumed Max was gonna get it once he set that time uh, what does Max have to be angry about the guy that's racing the guy put a, he posted a score like what what is he what a little baby if that's true <laughs> um, the reporting is true Max was mad you could even see he drove his car into the second place placard on the grid and I, I you know I think Charlie's wording Danny stole it from him is part of the Verstappen problem like the sense of entitlement from Max and the rest of his family and his fans is disgusting okay <laughs> so here's where you have it all wrong could not agree more there's only one person Max is upset with himself yes demands perfection of himself and he was upset that he let it out of his own grasp um but I'm amazed that you can speak so articulately with so much in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low blow there. I, I don't... Are there any reports of Max or his family being mad at Red Bull for team orders or something? I don't know where this is coming from, to be honest. Like, I, I think he's just... I, I agree with Charlie. He's mad at himself. He should have driven a better lap. Who? I think that's, like, the greatest competitor, competitive spirit you can have. Yeah, he drove into the second-place marker. He was frustrated. Who? So what? He's not asking for Red Bull to say, hey, Dan, Danny Rick, slow down, you know? Yeah, you want that or you want Vettel going in and congratulating and shaking uh, every Mercedes man's hand? So I, I want the killer instinct. Hold on a second. <laughs> One, not cool to bring up Vettel like that. <laughs> Two... That's just a, a champion congratulating another champion after a long, hard battle. Yeah, what Max exactly. did... I agree. I agree. What Max did was just act like a child, which he is... What? What are you talking about? At the end of qualifying. Case close. All right. Well, I don't think we're ever going to agree on the Verstappen <laughs> issue. Um, oh, I can't wait to see him driving a, a lead car. Very dangerous. Yeah. This, he's, he's trying to pour coffee into a... A carafe lid in a moving car with bumps. So, this is going to go well. Um, so, a lot of talk, I hat tip to me, uh, for bringing up a couple pods ago. <laughs> Conspiracy theories that Red Bull are, I think they're tinkering with Danny Rick's car. They're, I brought it up, I said they're exploring things for next year. They're, those cars are already at their limit. They're testing, they're tinkering. And things are breaking for Danny Rick on a shocking, a regular basis. And I think it's Red Bull messing with things. And I, th I think he's got legitimate uh, gripe here. To, and I, uh, I think Rob will address the, the deeper conspiracy. I don't believe in that. But yeah. So I think there is um, a distinct possibility of that. And and I would, I think one of the data points that could really prove or disprove this theory is there are allegations that something similar happened to Sebastian Vettel when he said he was leaving Red Bull for Ferrari what was that three four years ago um, and so if we saw something similar a similar high failure rate 
from two guys four years apart after they uh, announced their departure. I'd, I'd say when there's smoke, there's fire, and that looks like fire. So, yes, I it, I agree. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I think this is good business on Red Bull. You you know you have third place locked up. Why not test a few things for next year? Not like the power unit because they're replacing that out, but setup issues. They're they're tinkering things, see, seeing what works, what doesn't work. So I, I think it's good business. It sucks for Ricardo and old Vettel, but um, they're leaving. They're not part of the team anymore. Old Vettel. Um, but it's, so one question. I'm not trying to poke holes in this <laughs> wild theory, but. It seems to me that Danny Rick is having engine failures, no? I mean, a lot of them. And if we just said they're not tinkering with the power unit, then what on the car is causing the engine to fail? So, I don't know if it was Mexico or the prior race. It was a hydraulic failure. And the one before that, it was, I think it was a suspension bearing. I, 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 Renault does not have um, the best engine on the grid, but there are six cars running Renault engines, and Danny, even where there is a engine failure, Danny's experiencing a disproportionate percentage of them. There are also a lot of Red Bull failures as well. Um, but there's one more point I wanted to make, which was uh, when Charlie said it was good business. I, are there, if this... If this conspiracy theory is true, are there no mechanics who feel bad for for the guy who's been with Red Bull for what seven years now between Toro Rosso and Red Bull, who'll who'll tell him like, "Hey, Danny, you know the team's screwing you." I, that that's what if if this really is a conspiracy, I'm surprised that it's able to be kept under wraps. That that's fair. Um, you never addressed it, but the deeper conspiracy is that Red Bull actively wants to make Danny Rick look bad ahead of his move to Renault and pump up uh, pump the tires of Verstappen so I don't think that's true but I think you make some valid points about um, some sort of mechanic or engineer whispering some rumors around so it's fun to talk about but maybe you're right so regarding making Danny Rick look bad by having his car fail I don't I don't think that holds any water to be honest uh, I mean, Fernando Alonso is still thought of as a great driver, and his he he sucks by by that standard. So I don't I don't see how that would do anything. Danny Rick is probably the most beloved driver on the grid. Nothing's going to change what that. About Kimmy, Kimmy's number two. People love Danny Rick more, especially in America. Danny Rick is Team USA through and through. He loves loves California, loves Texas. Uh, went to a Longhorns game. Um, Number two, regarding the deep conspiracy and why uh, we don't have a whistleblower inside the Red Bull garage. I mean, these guys need jobs, you know. They they can't. Uh, they don't have immunity uh, here. If they say, "Hey, Danny Rick, we're screwing you on purpose," those guys are gone. They can't feed their family. So come on. They could use the Signal app, and then they could drop the knowledge and never be traced. Signal, how to keep your texts encrypted. <laughs> Rob hasn't. He's never dropped a dime on anyone so this just doesn't make sense but anyway i want to just give uh our listeners whoa this i want to say this car drives very smoothly but we need ultimate smoothness because i've got a cup of coffee in my hand uh i wanted to give our listeners a mclaren update 
So, um, not a great weekend. Not the best, not the worst weekend for McLaren. Alonso was taken out for the second week in a row on an opening lap collision that wasn't his fault. Right. This time he wasn't even involved in the collision, but a piece of Ocon's carbon fiber went into Alonso's radiator duct, overheated the car, kaboom, he's out. Uh, Stoffel had a flawless race, aided by a pretty good strategy that other people used too, so it wasn't the sole reason. And he finished P8. Um, first time in the points for him in a long time. Um, McLaren is already, and has been for a while now, focused on their 2019 car, so not expecting a whole a, a lot. Um, they were focused on their 2019 car in Australia. So, you know, I hate to, I, I, I'd love to see a great race from Alonso in Brazil. Hopefully, maybe it's raining, and uh, he's one of the better rain drivers. But I, I don't want to see a driver of Alonso's caliber go out with these stupid collisions that aren't his fault. Too late. Only two more, two more races of Alonso's bitching and whining. Um, <laughs> but I did feel <laughs> his number one enemy. I felt a, a little sad for him that he's going to miss the all-time laps completed. Um, so that was a little bit of a bummer. I, I realized how good of a driver he is and stinks to see it, but... Well, you how know. many will he miss a Um... He needed, I wanted to say, like 179 laps before uh, Mexico, and he only got in like five or something. He may be back. <laughs> yeah, he could come back to Formula One. So, I mean, on Alonso's future, so he's 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 ruled out a full season of IndyCar in 2019. He's still got the the end of the W World Endurance Championship super season which ends I think in the spring so and I guess he's going to run the Indy 500 on, as a one off but it's unclear what he's going to be doing in the future um, so I think that there is politics there is a chance that he gets back in whether it's with McLaren with a different team you know I think he doesn't want to come back to an uncompetitive car but I, we could see him again in F1 let's pray that we don't um so, <laughs> your computer goes into lock. Oh boy! Yeah, I sure hope so. Technical difficulties. So, so, so like Andrew trolls the BC message boards. I feel like Rob, you're pretty on top of the uh, transfer market, the the driver seat market gossip. So, Hi. can you bring us up to speed on who's going where? The latest, the latest updates. All right, let me start at the top of the grid. Mercedes is keeping their drivers, Hamilton and Botas. Let's talk about that in a second, because I think Botas is, like, undeserving of that seat. Ferrari is keeping Vettel, and they're getting uh, Leclerc from from Sauber. Um, Red Bull, they are keeping uh, Verstappen, and they're promoting Gasly up from Toro Rosso. Team 4, Renault, they're keeping Hulkenberg, and they're getting Danny Rick. 5, I think it might be McLaren. Uh, McLaren's going two totally new drivers. Um, they're going with Carlos Sainz, who's currently driving for Renault, and they're, and Lando Norris, the great young British hope, or one of the great young British hopes. Uh, he's driving an FP2 right now. 
or F2, and um, Formula Two. He was in the running for the championship. He's a law. He's a McLaren reserve driver. He was in the running for the championship, but did not win it. Um, yeah, but there's uh, yeah, questionable what's going to happen with him. Um, but I think there's a lot of pressure to bring up these young guys. I think we know it's they create happen. excitement. Uh, next team, Force India. Force, I think Force Stroll. India. Force, Force India has um, an open seat. It's Stroll. Strolls if he wants it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? It's Stroll and, and Checo staying there, so they don't have any open seats. Um, Sauber. Sauber. Kimi Raikkonen's coming down from Ferrari, which I think, and I, I think he might like part of his deal might be a some an ownership stake in it or management stake in it. Sounds like a cool concept. He's very excited. Sauber is based, I think, in Switzerland, close to his home, so he's excited about less travel too. He, see, by all accounts, he seems kind of thrilled about it. And with Sauber's rise up on the grid, they had two cars in the points in Mexico. Um, I think he's right to be. Uh, their other driver is G- Andrew. Giovinazzi. Yeah, G- Giovinazzi. I think is uh, is that, the end of his name is Nazi. Yes. Okay, that's not great, but uh, what are teams we have? Haas. Haas. Haas is sticking with their two drivers, Romain Grosjean and Kevin Ro- K-Mag. Williams. Williams. Williams has unsettled seats. I think that they're going with George Russell. He's the other great British yeah. hope. Actually won FP2. Yeah, he did. And, um, and then there's talk about whether the other seat is going to go to... The one-armed bandit, what's his name? Um, Kubica. Kubica. Um, or possibly, possibly Ocon. Where's Danny Kofi landing? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Toro Rosso is our last team, oh, and it's uh, not confirmed. Danny Kofi. It's. I think it's going to be Danny Kofi and Hartley. Got Gasly's going to to Red Bull, the big sister team. And so Hartley's struggling to ho- to justify <laughs> retaining his seat. Uh, he had a pretty good result in Mexico, but he's squabbling with the team, um, which doesn't bode well for signing a contract Quotes, extension. Um, there was there was a dispute over he had beat Gasly, and the the there was something about like did Gasly suffer damage, and that's why Hartley beat him in the team, and Gasly said yes, and and. Uh, Hartley came out and said no, and the team said yes, and then then Hartley said, I'm not allowed to talk about this anymore to the press. That was his answer. Um, so there's, it's not all roses in Toro Rosaville. Okay. Uh, and that's that's all the teams, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who else would take that Toro Rosa seat if not Hartley. Um, so. Jean-Eric Verne? Hmm? How about some life updates? Oh, oh, geez. Um, my life updates. Put Andrew on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's the ladies' birthday weekend. So, um, so obviously I'm going playing golf with the boys. <laughs> um, but no, I, to be honest, we have a nice little evening planned tonight. We're, we're merging onto 495, so <laughs> it's good multitasking. Okay, so we have a nice evening planned tonight, taking her out to dinner. 
uh, forget where, and then seeing wow. Hamilton in Boston, which I'm quite excited about. Wow. It was kind of an impulse buy one night, got home late from John's. Were you drunk? Nope, not drunk, but I had two beers, and it's been a little frisky, so I popped on to stuff up and bought these tickets, so props to me. So, looking forward to it. When Andrew's feeling frisky, he buys musical tickets. Got it. <laughs> Where are our seats? Box seats? Uh, they're mezzanine. <laughs> right. But hey. Mez. And just, uh, you know, puppy update. Copley is now in Obedience 2 class, so really seeing Stop. some Stop. some shows, some signs of improvement in his, um, his behavior. So, pray for Copley. <laughs> yes, pray for Copley indeed. Um, I don't have too many updates. I, I had to travel for work. I went out to LA this uh, Monday, Tuesday. Pretty nice out there weather-wise, but not really into the whole wildfire and earthquake thing. So, good to be home. Uh, big weekend ahead, a little golf, a little uh, homework, housework. Uh, that's about it. Really nothing new. Well, my children are growing up very, very slowly, mostly crying. Um, Annie and I went for a run last night to Copley Square to see the El Dia de los Muertos exhibit. Um, it was cool. Went for a run with the little ones. Lee cried for a, a good portion. Um, I'm going to Vancouver on business next week and uh, fly out Monday, spend all day in the air, and then I'm going to take the red eye back on Thursday, debating whether I should take Friday off. Holy shit. Uh, for your family. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Um, Annie's, Annie's going to the surgeon today to get some of her stitches removed from nice. her face, so that's a good step forward for her. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Hope uh, all Jeez. of our listeners got the invite to the big bash we're throwing. Yeah, you did. So, <laughs> lost in the mail. When was it sent? Oh, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds uh, like a good update there, Rob. Uh, update from me: not too much going on. Obviously, golfing today, as we all are. Uh, no plans. Can we can we do a quick weather update for our listeners? Weather is about? still bad. Uh, <laughs> Rob said it was going out to sea. Does not appear that way. Eventually it will. <laughs> uh, I have a very nice relaxing weekend. Um, nothing planned for after golf. I, I have to pick up my car actually. So uh, getting some new rubber um, on the car. So that's being done. Picking that up. And uh, tomorrow... Super softs? Yep, super softs. Tomorrow nothing... Nothing planned as well. I, I got a new desk, so I'm setting up my um, little office area. So that's nice. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll wax my skis. I don't know. Um, kind of the world's my oyster here this weekend. Um, nice. Next weekend, I'm headed to uh, Chirac uh, for a wedding. Um, so I'll see both of my sisters out there. Shout out. I know Elizabeth listens. I don't think, Margaret, you listen. So Ooh. no shout out to you. Um, Elizabeth is all settled in her new apartment out there, um, her new job. So looking. Shout out, you should shout out Margaret's birthday. Oh, yeah. Good, good point. Uh, even though you're not a listener, Margaret, your birthday is on Monday. I uh, won't reveal your age because that's... Uh, I guess taboo, but um, you're not in your 20s anymore, I'll say that. And uh, yeah, uh, going to a wedding um, 
CQ. I don't know if CQ. I don't think you're a listener either, and Caesar. Um, but great couple, and looking forward to celebrating that. Um, can we? Can we I've got real people. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've got another topic. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about the moral imperative <laughs> to speak up when you when you oh, witness. We won't use any names, but uh, I've been I've been involved at, in some dinner parties, and there's a certain neighbor who spouts off <laughs> pretty pretty blatantly racist things, uh, and and things have devolved into kind of arguments before. Uh, what's everyone's take on kind of when you should fight, when you should say something, when you should just be like, look, for the interest of harmony here, I'm not going to say anything, but now I know what this person's about. John. I think you have to say something every time. If you don't, uh, our society's crumbling. Uh, so you, you need to speak up. Well, you have to, you have to stick by your morals. If your moral compass is so skewed, I'm looking at Andrew, I'm looking at Charlie, then, uh, what, what do we have, you know? Andrew, you can rebut. Charlie, you gotta hold the I, mic. Please. I, I've heard John say on multiple okay. occasions, <laughs> never, ever say anything. Don't get involved with anybody. He, he goes as far as saying don't talk to anybody. Yeah, that so, so the fact that he is trying to come at us and, and tell us to take the moral high ground here is laughable, and I'm appalled that he would lie to our listeners like that. Fire back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I have said that. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't don't talk to anyone. And I stand by that. But if you do talk to yeah. somebody, you got to say something. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, I would just like to... I, I don't know if any of the people involved listen, but let's hope not. Um, I was put in an awkward situation. I was the new guy in a crew. Something was said, not by me, by someone, uh, a colleague or a friend. Let's just not go down this yeah. path. <laughs> An acquaintance of some people. And um, I honestly think that it was on the people who invited me and knew that person <laughs> prior to speak up. I did not speak up. Yeah, and I, you right. know what? I haven't been sleeping for days because of it. Yeah, Charlie. Please defend yourself. Um, I just try to lead by example and live in, love and live in a loving and kind way. So that's really all I have to say. All right, so uh, we've got a two-week break. You know, people. Even though we the racing stays in the Western Hemisphere, shifting gears back to F1. Even though the resting racing stays in the Western Hemisphere with a two-week break, I think people were going home back to Europe. And uh, next race is in Brazil. And before we wrap up, we should address Lewis Hamilton winning five times. Okay, uh, we will. Uh, so, kind of, I feel like the last race. What is it? Is it Abu Dhabi? Double Dobby. Yeah, Yas Marina. Is uh, usually boring. So Brazil is my last kind of hope for a good race. Good and race. I think it can be great if it's in the rain. So uh, I'm excited about that. But Charlie, why don't you take us on Lewis's championship run? Uh, not too much to go through, but he's obviously a five-time champion now. Uh, he's. Me. Some people are talking about him as <laughs> the greatest of all time. I mean, obviously Schumacher has seven titles. Seven. Um, and Hamilton still put Schumacher ahead of him. I mean, humble, humble brag type of thing there. But is he? I mean, he's obviously one of the one of the greats, and I think he's got a shot at Schumacher. I think he's still got the competitive juices flowing, and we'll see him around for a couple more years. No doubt. As as a uh, 
member of the Lewis Hading Club, I'm going to tip my hat to him. He is, I would say, big of you. one of the greatest drivers of this generation. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he, I, I was, I think he's better than Vettel because Vettel hasn't won it outside of the dominant Red Bull car, and Lewis, as I've made this point before, Lewis has has won outside of the current dominant uh, Mercedes car. So I, that's why I put him ahead of Vettel. I think Alonso's made terrible life choices in which constructor he's driving for. So we don't really know if Alonso and or Hamilton's better. That's why I can't just say Lewis is the best of this generation. Last point, I don't like measuring a driver just by their number of championships. Like Schumacher had that dominant, those dominant Ferraris. And so he's got seven, but... And he was very good, and maybe he is one of the best, but I don't think that he's definitely behind uh, ahead of Hamilton. Way to disrespect the legend. Jesus. So um, I'll get to Schumacher in a second. First point, though, I wish we had been around watching F1 when Lewis won. I think his first one, 2008. Um, I watched a clip of it. I, I suggest you guys do the same. He needed to pass a guy to get fifth place. It was the last turn of the last lap of the last race. To win the championship, and he and the guy slowed down for whatever reason, and he passed him. Uh, that that must have been such an amazing, exciting race. Um, he slowed down. He like, gave him the spot. He had to slow down because his tires. Like he, it was basically the weather's picked up on the last few laps, and this guy stayed out on the slicks. Wasn't it Massa? Uh, yes, I think it was Massa. Maybe Felipe. Massa came that, in. Massa came in second that year. He passed some other guy. It was uh forget the dude's name. Awesome. Glock or Glick or something like that. Too many Average Glick. Glock. Um, and then my second point on Schumacher was... I don't remember, but he's a great guy. He's a, <laughs> we got a car coming in right. He's in a coma. Um, so, yeah. Pray for Schumacher, really. Um, I'd like to... I'm also I part of... He's not coming out of that. So, one other thing. I think with Schumacher, it is interesting that I... I get the sense from people who watch that they agree with Rob that he kind of just had a very dominant car and wow. not necessarily was one of the most skilled. Like when you talk about the most skilled drivers, I don't think Schumacher comes up. You have to tip your cap to him because of the seven championships, but I don't think people widely consider him one of the best pure drivers. That's just my this is blasphemy. Um, I, I won't even address the, <laughs> those comments. But I will say, I am also part of the Lewis Hamilton hate uh, hate club. But I'm starting to think he he's got he's so much better mentally over the other drivers. So for a while, we used to think that he was the one breaking down mentally I'm starting to think he's just playing games with everybody because he seems to have a pretty strong grasp he knows he can go into like a a few race lulls and he just comes back strong so I, you know, I, I respect the hell out of him so that's all yeah, he's, he's, a great, he, oh, he's a great driver um, I, I don't you know I think someone ripped on Vettel for congratulating the team I, I don't think that's fair you know he uh, you know he's respecting that's him that's classy yeah, classy move. Uh, you know, I, I like Vettel. Um, I like Hamilton. They're good for the good for the sport. So, I like Hamilton. yeah, I mean, listen, he's uh, he's a great driver. He also he's a big USA guy, so I gotta gotta applaud that. He, he, he's a, he, is a, <laughs> he vacations in Colorado. John, he is a 
He is a big you fill in the blank country guy. It doesn't matter. USA, it could be Afghanistan, Djibouti, it doesn't matter. He's not vacationing in the You guys places. were the best fans we've seen all year. Lewis Hamilton, I respect him as a driver. I do think Charlie, you're right. He's mentally tough. I think he's very calm. He's very zen. He, you know, just loves the world. And I think that does he has a good perspective vegan. on life, I think. think. He's on drugs? He just wants to save he just wants to save the whales from plastic bottles and straws. <laughs> and that is I think that is the the difference maker this year. You laugh, but plastic is an issue. Yeah, plastic is an issue. We'll have a whole separate pot on that. <laughs> um, any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? We're about to get to golf. I'd like to say it's only it's only a steady rain now. It's not a downpour, so maybe they will let us golf. We're up in Bradford, Massachusetts. No Haverhill. idea where we are. Haverhill. Haverhill slash Bradford. All right. All right. Let's end this. All right. Andrew, why don't you say your uh, password aloud? <laughs> Hopefully you remember to edit it out. Yes. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll just stop. I'll cut this out. I can unplug this, I guess. But then it won't it'll revert to the computer I mic? I don't know. I mean, Andrew will just, the Andrew will just cut it. All right. Vroom, vroom, vroom. All right. Get that out the <laughs> We don't cut anything. Yeah, I'm not going to cut this either. <laughs>